Welcome to this episode of We the Voters. As always, we work to lift up the issues and concerns that matter most to all voters and all of our listeners. Today, we're going to do something a bit differently. Today, we're going to lift up the voice of one of our own. Alex Crohannon is a regular contributor to Recap Podcast here on the Pointcast Network, and he is our resident data and trends analyst. He and I were able to have a discussion about a particularly troubling trend affecting all of us right now, and a trend that he has personally been reporting on for at least the last year and a half. Take a listen. I asked you before I started the recording, how do you feel about going back to classes in person and you were about to say yeah so um this the right so this is the first major pandemic that we've had in modern history and in the time since the like the last pandemic like science has just come a long way in our um, ability to uh, not only not only just to analyze things and our understanding of those things, but the speed at which we can analyze them. Right, right. And uh, while I admire um, like the media's um, you know desire to relay information to people and scientists you know desire to be transparent and get this information re- like get their findings relayed, mm-hmm. uh, I think we've made a mistake. Where where's the mistake been made? Um, we are asking people to we're asking people who don't understand science to uh, like to under to relay the the scientific findings, and then we are asking the public who largely doesn't understand like to, certainly doesn't understand like cutting edge science, mm-hmm. um, to make informed decisions based upon the like based upon those findings. Are you basically saying, but that's kind of cutting if you think about it. It's almost condescending. Are you thinking that the general public can't parse through the intelligent um, dissemination? I will, I will say that I, I'm not immuno- not not that I'm an expert in immunology, but mm-hmm. I would say that I know a great deal more than most people do in like um, like in terms of bi- like in terms of biology and how Mm -hmm. that works. And I have a hard time parsing all of it. Well, before we go any further, let's be fair there, because a lot of people don't realize what your background is and and the track that you're on. (laughs) So So, uh, let's talk about that a little bit and and why, even with all of that, why it's still difficult for you. So tell me a little bit. Okay, so um, we'll start at the beginning. Uh, So I graduated from uh, Rose Holman Institute of uh, Technology back in 2013 with uh, a major in biochemistry and a minor in math. Mm-hmm. Um, I spent two years um, working as a bioanalytical chemist for a pharmaceutical company. Uh, and then I spent three years working at the Indiana State Department of Health as the chemical threat analyst for the state of Indiana. Now um, I'm a PhD student at IUPUI getting my uh, doctorate in bioinformatics. So uh, you have, right, so you have the academic and the career experience to kind of speak to, especially with the time you spent with the Department of Health. Yeah, yeah. Okay, great, great. So that, that changes. <laughs> those, are, those are my credentials for people who care about my, you know, who care about those things. But right. science is hard. Yeah. And um, cutting edge science is um, harder. 
Yeah. Um, so what should we be doing, though? I mean, how do you, because if we don't tell people, then it looks like we're withholding information that could kill them. And if we do tell people, it sounds like we are giving them information that, uh, that they can respond. If they respond the wrong way, it could kill them. Uh, so the word, there's is there a way to win? Um, well, ideally, uh, when, ideally, when, uh, when peer reviewed work says that this is a big deal, we all agree that this is a big deal and we treat it accordingly. Mm -hmm. um, so, so we were talking about the Delta variant. Yeah. Um, and the press, uh, specifically the New York Times and a couple of other outlets, in fairness to them, are doing their due diligence they are as i say they're getting they're getting the data there and say and they're attempting to report it mm -hmm. now they they have some they have some conflicting interests um one is just like is the the media scape in which they find themselves mm -hmm. so we you know they're having to compete with facebook for clicks like they you know, say in order for them to survive so their articles have to be kind of um spicy mm -hmm. regardless of um how uh, say of the actual context uh like of the of the data they are reporting on yeah that's really unfortunate it, it is um and and at that same time it is probably in society's best interest that they overplay their hand a little bit mm-hmm because it does appear that because of vaccination rates amongst the vaccine hesitant or vaccine reluctant or whatever mm -hmm. words we want to use for this mm -hmm. population mm -hmm. are going up. They are moving the needle. Right. What's moving the needle? Um, I say maybe it's uh, some members of the Republican Party uh, coming out and saying, no, vaccines are good and you should and you should get it. Uh, maybe it is the media covering it and being like, this is a big deal again, and mm -hmm. we need, and you need to take it seriously. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it's just, you know, the grim facts of the matter that Florida is once again seeing more cases um, right. every day than it has since the uh, pandemic began. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So... Uh, so the, but I'm the, not hearing a salute. I'm not hearing any good news. <laughs> um i just wonder you know the cdc is talking about revising its guidelines yes i heard to, about that um to recommend masks in public again for everyone right and we have to question why now okay. obviously in the cdc's case their goal is to save as many lives as possible and right. If that means protecting people from themselves, then that's what they're going to recommend doing. Now, what about in the in the spirit of full disclosure? I've been vaccinated, so there's a little bit of back and forth with the mask on and off. It's a little confusing, but I'll follow whatever rules are best for my family, my community. Um, I'm just concerned if. <clears throat> Well, how much of that is being taken into consideration, whether or not you've been vaccinated versus not being vaccinated, or instead of trying to figure that out, just put masks on everybody. 
And that is the CDC's response. Okay. The CDC okay. is going to just exercise as much caution as possible mm-hmm. and just say, uh, this is a very minor inconvenience for uh, for everyone, but it will save lives. But what about the new group of resistant people who are vaccinated who are saying, hey, I did my part. I refuse to wear a mask. So now you not only have the vaccine uh-huh. reluctance group, <laughs> you have a whole new reluctant group. Well, I, mean, I, I mean, mean, that's I, tough. I don't want to. I don't want to speak for him, but Anthony and I have been having these conversations privately, and uh, <laughs> we're both largely in in this group of been of been like, if you're not going to mandate it, I'm not going to do it, <laughs> um, because you're largely say, um, and this this isn't a, and to some extent, so this and to some extent this is like from a selfish perspective of it was inconvenient. And I have once I have been reminded that I do not have to, and Mm -hmm. I do not want to return to this mild inconvenience. Um, And this is speaking from the perspective of someone who has been vaccinated. Right. Right. Just want to be Um, clear there. uh, Yes. (laughs) Um, And then I say, but the, the science is also largely in support of this position. Um, because people who've been vaccinated have been getting ill too yes people who have been vaccinated have been testing positive and have been experiencing minor symptoms but only is a less than four percent of of people in the hospital with covid related symptoms are vaccinated and Mm. i I mean covid related symptoms got you less than four percent Okay. Um, I see where you're going with this. I see where you're going with this. And I see your point about not wearing the mask. But the other side of it is being vaccinated doesn't mean we don't have this virus nesting in our nostrils or in our nasal passages. And it doesn't mean that we can't spread it to our neighbor who has chosen not to be vaccinated. So wearing a mask would have a health benefit, right? Yes. Um, even if it's not just for us. Correct. And that, and that's the, uh, and this is the part of vaccines that we, I, I, that we largely just get wrong in the way that we talk about them. Um, because we think, uh, um, we, as the populace think of, well, I have the vaccine. I am safe. It's Mm -hmm. like, well, but that's not what the vaccine is for. Mm -hmm. The fact that it happens to protect you is great. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the, the concept of herd immunity is that you protect the strong members of the herd, protect the weaker members of the herd. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So you, it's like, yeah, I get, you're getting vaccinated for yourself. Sure. Like, that's a happy, that's the <laughs> happy little coincidence that that works out. But we should really frame this as you're getting vaccinated to protect the people who can't get vaccinated not which is different than the people who refuse so wait a minute then that's based on what you're telling me we framed this whole thing all wrong from the start um does that surprise you (laughs) (laughs) all right so i don't really know how to back up from there it looks like some cities around the country and some states are going to have to be making some tough decisions soon some employers who had uh, given their employees who are coming back to work the freedom of not wearing masks are reviewing those rules and are looking at 
other ways to address it, including requiring people to wear masks and, and in some cases sending groups home, creating A and B groups and sending groups home at different times. And universities are getting in trouble for requiring masks in some cases uh, to protect their student population or you would have to, I guess some are saying you might have to be tested regularly or you may not be able to come. How do you feel about that? Well, so I'm happy you mentioned that. So uh, IU just won their lawsuit um, about this very thing. Um, they said uh, they said in order to come onto campus, in order to you know be a student at IU schools, you have to show proof of vaccination. Mm-hmm. And someone somewhere decided to sue them over it, and um, the state the state uh, judge comes comes in and says uh, there's precedent for this. And this is this doesn't change anything. Right. Because in in fairness to Indiana University, this is really not a new policy. They've always required proof of vaccinations just to register for classes. So in keeping with their existing policy, which has been on the books like forever. Yeah. uh, That's Uh, the precedent to which you were, I believe, were speaking. So, yes. Yep. And uh and on the other hand, Indiana is also one of the, uh, I th- last I checked, it was 13. It's probably gone up. Yeah, it's probably state, gone up. Better yeah. essay of predominantly Republican states in which they are trying to make it illegal right. to ask people for their vaccination. Well, not only Republican, but vaccine uh, resistant. I should say there are some Republican cities and states and towns and municipalities that have high vaccination rates, but Indiana as a state does not necessarily reflecting um, herd immunity status, for instance, and it's been highly politicized here. Uh, I don't know how to get past this. You're my expert. Tell me, how do we get past this? (laughs) How do we, how do we help people help themselves? Um, that ship is probably sailed. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I, I figured you were going to say something like that. Oh, oh, yeah. It's, it's not not good news. Um, <laughs> we had a vi- we probably had a very narrow window yeah. of um of getting her uh, say of getting global herd immunity mm-hmm. and letting this this variant of this virus uh, burn itself out. You know what I'm concerned about, though? We keep focusing on this Delta variant, Delta variant, Delta variant. The way that my very novel understanding of, vari- of, of viruses is that there will be many variants, right? As long as it has an opportunity to continue to try to survive and you have enough people who aren't inoculated against it. Is that a true assumption in your opinion? Uh, so follow-up question. What was the... Before... COVID, what was the last pandemic? I want to say there was like Ebola, Ebola, uh, or SARS, but nothing like this for us. I think it was the epidemics. Oh, okay. Well, the flu. The Spanish flu. flu. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 1918. Um, Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. What do you think happened to the Spanish flu? Oh, a lot of people died. Well, yes, but I meant the virus. Like the virus oh. What do you think happened to it? In order for that to happen, I think that it must have mutated. Um, it, yeah, yeah. It just became endemic. 
it, it but it doesn't have to mutate if it's thriving, right? Um, well, it will it will mutate regardless. Okay. Um, we we uh, are, I, but this isn't this isn't to you. This is um, the way that we talk about biology is just wrong. Okay, um, gotcha. Okay, see, so my couple of biology are, classes have failed me. Go ahead. So mutations are things that occur that just occur, um, oh, in the same okay. way that your, uh, um, if you were grading a hundred thousand uh, papers, you would make a mistake somewhere. Right, right. So mutations are just mistakes. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Um, so those happen regardless. Right. Now, um, when we talk about a variant, what we we're talking about is a particular mutation. Is that um, so? Most mistakes um, either have no effect or are bad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if they have no effect, then they'll like then it's you know the, they propagated about the same rate as the novel version. And if it's a bad effect, then it prop like then it will like then it won't propagate at all right gotcha so uh we only observe like we really we have a survivor i say what's called a survivor bias if it is a positive if it's a positive mutation if it causes some good change then it will can then it will propagate faster mm. and that's what we mean by like these variants they maintain this particular change um in addition to whatever other changes are going on okay Okay, got you. But yeah, so. But so, what, does that mean that if there's a delta, there may be another one? Uh, there, yeah, there already oh, are. Okay. There's already a there's already a gamma. People are already talking about the gamma variant. Yeah, I've heard of that one, but I just don't know much about it. I haven't seen it on the radar as much as delta. Uh, no. You're, and you're not, and this is like this is what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Why are we talking about this gamma variant? Mm-hmm. Why aren't we just like why don't we just why don't we just say that it is like that COVID has changed and has become more virulent. We don't need, I don't need, we don't need the public to be talking about uh, the, you know, the rate of mutation and variance that doesn't really need to be in the conversation. We just but, need to say it has become as contagious as chickenpox. Please take this seriously. But you've worked for government. I worked for government for several years you work for government for several years there's a certain culture when you work for government to be careful with how they communicate so as to not frighten people right so there's a lot of care around narratives even if it means compromising some of the hard truth um and so i maybe that has been a part of this process and trying to get enough information out without a confusing us b frightening us and see, trying to help us find some sense of normalcy. Um, is that, uh, but that's not a bad thing, is it? In uh, and of itself. That's, in and of itself, that is, is it, you're right, that's not a bad thing. Right. Um, but, and when you have uh, information that comes from a single, like, you have multiple sources of information and they get funneled into one body and then that one body funnels that information outward, mm-hmm. that type of review makes mm-hmm. sense mm-hmm. but i don't think that we still have that do we okay i see where you're going i you i'm not say, sure yeah yeah i don't I say i mean you know the closest that we have is like the cdc yeah um and, and again the cdc's position should always be to do the thing that saves the most lives okay there's another part of this discussion sure. that i think that hasn't 
really been addressed in a, in a way that's made some people comfortable. I want to go back to the hesitancy group, people who, for whatever reason, and there are a variety of reasons, they don't want to get the vaccine. But in talking to a group of nurses, four nurses who work for four different hospitals who refuse to get the vaccine, <clears throat> their medical understanding of vaccine trials and data and peer reviews is that there's just no way a safe vaccine could have been manufactured in that amount of time. There are some people who can't get their mind past that. How would you respond to those folks? Um, if you don't, as I, if, uh, as I, I understand your, I understand your reluctance, I understand your hesitancy. Um, you're, you're right. This ha this is unprecedented. This has never been done before. Mm -hmm. But have you read, say, have you read the papers? Have you personally gone through this? Because a lot of this is publicly available. Had you know, had to be. Mm -hmm. um, have you gone like Have you gone through the trial data? Mm -hmm. uh, like, what are uh, what are other than your own gut instinct? What are you basing these on? Hmm. Um, I don't, I, I don't want to speak for her, but I know yeah, this is an adventure yeah. that Sasha went on recently. Yeah, that was an adventure that she, she went on. She eventually worked her way through that process. But I think that some of the concerns that I'm hearing from these established medical professionals is that they feel that everything has been so politicized, A, that they don't know what to trust. Uh, that's a very fair criticism. I think so as well. I don't know how to overcome that. I mean, either we're going to, either they're going to treat more people and see more deaths and be convinced through the process or, you know, I, I don't know how this, I'm if this ship is going to make it to port, right? I don't know if this is going to be a Titanic or if it's going to make it. Uh, that's kind of where I, yes. that you have to hold the people who politicized it accountable. Uh Oh, all right. We're in that space now. So I don't know what that means, Alex. And you frighten me when you talk this way. So I don't want to assume that I know what you mean. So why don't you tell I mean, me? All right. Well, so who... Uh, all right. So let's let's review the facts. Um, okay. So uh, the former, let's say the former president was informed of this emerging um, disease Mm -hmm. um weeks and months before um he sorry, before uh we made any announcements about it right and then did nothing that's Actually, being that's disputed not not that's did not say like not did nothing that's you're you're correct right um inform say informed other uh other political figures who um let's say uh who were aligned with the president um to take action and then did not inform the public. Hmm. So, uh, but Which didn't we I just- I would argue is worse than nothing. But didn't you just say at the top of this that informing the public has been part of the problem? I said that info I say providing the public with too many details right. is say, with the minutia is mm -hmm. probably irresponsible. And it's probably and is part of the problem. It has led to a lot of. There's a lot of now confusion and uh, and bickering amongst people who don't 
know enough about what they're what they're saying <laughs> like they are real they are and like and that's no fault of them they are in good conscience, you know in good faith um reiterating what they have gathered from like their various uh news sites okay Okay. But they say, but if you're painting a really detailed picture with, let's say, with wrong information, mm-hmm. you can't expect that detailed picture to resemble reality. Yeah, well, yeah. Okay, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. So we still haven't really gotten to how we got get out of this thing or get through this and or at least start down the path where we start to get through it, right? So, um, uh, so... I think that Republican, I say, I think that um, Republican uh, figures coming out yeah. and beginning to own the situation and mm-hmm. to say, yeah, science, um, science is good, and that uh, saying that that um, the vaccines are helpful, and you should be vaccinated. But president, the, the former the, president and the former first lady, they were vaccinated, I believe. Uh, yes, they were. Okay, so that came out. So I don't know why that didn't matriculate, you know, for, you know, based on the point that you were making as far as people following. But my question is, but did the president make it a big deal about him getting vaccinated? I don't remember that. I don't remember that. Has he been making, let's say the former president, right? Mm -hmm, That's mm -hmm. that's who we're talking about. Right, Uh, right. um, Say, is he going around and doing... Um, is he having his uh, uh, surrogates come out and talk about, as I can talk about and urge people to be vaccinated? Because hmm. um, I, I hear Rick Gates just said that he has the freedom variant. And uh... my gosh, okay. I've not heard of that one, but okay. I do you know what I'm concerned with. I think the biggest problem with this virus hasn't been the virus at all. I think the biggest problem with this virus is how we've chosen to communicate this virus and how we've chosen to use it as some sort of um, a political sword to kind of divide and conquer. Uh, and that's unfortunate because so many people have died uh, in the process. Yeah. Yeah, um, we say we 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 talked about this uh, back when we were doing recap regularly, right? Right, uh, right. So it was a for a number of months. It was a nine eleven worth of dead Americans every day. Every day, and that's every a day. sadness. Those are legacies gone, dreams gone, families gone, destroyed, never to be the same. And I think, if nothing else, that should be what lingers with us. Thank you so much for listening to this special podcast of We the Voters. For those of you who want to join in the discussion, feel free to reach out to either Alex or myself on our website at pointcast.news. Thank you again, Alex, for all the hard work you're doing. And thank you to all of those on the recap this week news podcast team. We'd like to also give a special thank you to our sponsor, Eliac Productions, for their continued support for all of the work that we do and to all of our listeners. Keep the conversation going. That's it, good people. Have a good one and be sure to join us next time.